0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Kim Unity Solutions Podcast. I'm glad to have you back. If this is your first time here, I welcome you. Our aim is to improve corporate culture by sharing real life experiences that produce practical and unifying solutions. Have you ever heard of the term blind positivity or rose colored glasses? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Both of these terms refer to someone who has unrealistic thinking, where they only see the good and they avoid all of the negativity. They are different, but one and the same. Okay. So regardless if it's in the workplace or at home or out in public, I'm sure you ran into someone who's very optimistic, who brings the sunshine and always sees the best in people and in circumstances and situations. And then you have ran into someone who is, or know someone who is very pessimistic, who always seem to have the dark cloud around them. They're draining emotionally, mentally, spiritually. They always bring the the negativity around with them. They see the bad in everything. They always downplay everything, whether it's an idea or a conversation, Or, you know, the way you look or the way they look. So those two terms we're very familiar with: being optimistic and pessimistic. Blind positivity and rose-colored glasses mostly deals with only seeing the good and avoiding the negativity. Okay, so it's neither it's neither optimistic nor pessimistic. But what it is is Unrealistic thinking. Have you have you ever worked with someone who had any of these qualities, who had any of these mindsets, who either had blind positivity or rose-colored glasses? I asked that because this was one of my experiences. Now I'm just now recently learning the term blind positivity, but I experienced the rose-colored glasses when I was in the workplace. My team and I got together and we tried to come up with a solution to a um, a process issue that we had at work. And we all got together and we presented it to management and they didn't accept it, right? It was actually an individual, but they they didn't accept it. And so this wasn't our first time. We had made other presentations for other improvements that we were trying to make or bringing things to management's attention. And it just wasn't clicking. It just, she she understood it, but she didn't want to take it on. And there's so many reasons for management not wanting to accept your ideas. And I totally understand that. It could be that it's too expensive. It could be that it wasn't well thought out. It could be that It didn't um, address all of the issues or that it negatively impacts another department or that it's just bad timing. But in this particular situation, none of those were it. And so we just saw a pattern. And that's what you'll see with these two, is that there's a pattern. These two types of mindsets only see the positive. And so after we presented it and um, it wasn't accepted for I don't know how many times now. One of my coworkers said, um, that's just because she has rose-colored glasses. And I'm asking myself, you know, I wonder what that means. I kind of thought what it means. I kind of thought that I understood. I, I thought that I understood what it meant. But I waited until I got to my desk. And then I asked, I said, what do you mean by rose-colored glasses? I've never heard that term before. You know, that's, it's like cloudy vision. They only see the good. They, they never see anything wrong they never really think that there's an issue to make a correction. They only see the good and I was like, "Oh my goodness, you're right because there's a pattern of that." Oh, just give them another chance or Oh, I think that's a great idea, but we don't need that now or do you think that did you really think that? I mean, and it would be to the most obvious, the most blatant okay, situations and scenarios where they just they just couldn't see it. Have you had any of those experiences how do how would you deal with someone who is like that? how do you how do you make improvements or bring up suggestions or resolve issues or conflicts with any one of these mindsets? So that's what I wanted to discuss today is because there's always going to be people that are different than us in the workplace and we have to know how to work with them, sometimes work around them, but definitely work with them and get understanding and get clarity and figure out, okay, what works best for both of us. Again, this this podcast is all about solutions, right? Not not a one-sided opportunity, but a mutually beneficial solution. So these solutions or, or these suggestions that we made were not just about making our life easier at work, it was to help the company, right and that's what a lot of times management fails to see is that they think that it's personal all the time or um, it's only to benefit one person or really it could benefit everyone right So let's talk about it. How would we approach a manager or a friend or anything? to resolve something if they only see the good. And again, I'm talking about workplace, but everything that I speak of can be applied outside of the job. I'm starting with the workplace because the workplace is only made up of people, right? It's just only made up of people. Whatever goes on inside the job goes on outside the job. So if we can figure out how to get along in the workplace, how to resolve issues in the workplace, how to accomplish goals, how to um, improve employee satisfaction and satisfy the customer and increase profits. I mean, whatever we do on the inside, we can do at home. The same way we try to get along with coworkers, we can get along with family. Or the same issues, not, not the exact same issues, but the way we, we identify issues at work, we can do that at home. We can try to come to a, a mutual agreement, or, or people in public, or strangers, or your neighbors. It's about, it's about making the world a better place. Like that's what it's all about. But but here at Community Solutions, we are choosing to start in the workplace. And everything else will permeate throughout the world. OK, so let's get to it. So number one, the first thing that has to happen is you have to acknowledge the issue. You really have to dig deep to the root of the problem. You can't just apply one solution to all employees to all managers to all staff to all personalities to all mindsets you have to figure out exactly what the issue is so in the instance in the in the scenario that i just provided you i explained that we had already made multiple attempts to present multiple different scenarios to management and It was always met with a smiley face, right? But no change. And these two types of people are always, you know, pretty much, you know, nice, super nice people, super friendly. We just can't make changes, (laughs) right? So so in the scenario provided, I've already acknowledged the issue. Okay, we're dealing with someone with rose-colored glasses. I also explained that when you present something to management, it can be denied or declined for multiple reasons. It could be the cost. It could be the timing. It could be the um, impact of other departments. There's a host of other reasons. So I've already shown you that we have already done our due diligence into really, truly identifying what the root problem is and how to move forward. So after you have identified the root problem, then you have to figure out, okay, what is the best way this manager in particular or this person likes to be communicated? Is it through email? Is it face-to-face? Do they prefer we schedule a meeting? Should it be put on their calendar? Should it be during lunch? you know it's all about when to approach and how to approach because timing is also very important you al- you always want to make sure that you are attempting an approach or trying to get resolution at what at a time that works best for them before you schedule this before you even attempt once you truly identify how how your manager operates You want to make sure you have everything together. You want to make sure you are organized and you have all your ducks in a row. You can identify what the problem is. Why do you state it's a problem? Who is it impacting? What is the impact? Is it a financial impact? Is it an employee morale impact? Is it a productivity impact? what happens if you were to implement your solution what would be the, the net effect of that what are the pros and cons of that do you have alternatives have you thought about how your change impacts any other team around you or other people so again you want to be organized you also want to anticipate what their feedback will be so that you will have a response. You always want to be thinking several steps ahead. You know, this reminds me when I was in high school. So I had went to private school all of my life and sophomore, it was the end of sophomore year in high school and I really wanted to go to public school. I just wanted to be at, at a public school. I just, it seemed like they had just more freedom. And the rules weren't as strict, and I just wanted to be at a public school. And I knew my parents weren't having it. I knew that I had to like build a case. And so that's exactly what I did. I had to think about, okay, this is where I'm at. This is where I want to be. What are they going to ask? What do I need to have? Do I need to make any promises? How should I present it? And I remember, I don't know if it, if I went to their room where they were relaxing or to the kitchen. I said, hey, you know, I really want to go to a public school. I want to change schools. Yes, I know private is better. And you think that it's safer. But then I had to provide the opposite side of that. I said, but you know that all the kids that have been kicked out of, out of um, public school, their parents have to pay for them to go to private school because of the other schools in the district will accept them. So that has them thinking like, wow, here I am thinking I'm paying for something that's, that's safer. And this was way back when, so we're not talking about the school issues that we're having now and, and just sickening and disheartening. So we're not even talking about that. But So I, I put that in there and said, yeah, you know, I can, you know, it, it won't cost you as much. So I'm throwing that in. Hey, it's going to save you money. And it's safer, and then I have more options and class choices, And so, you know, I presented I, I organized my thoughts, I understood what I wanted. I anticipated what their questions were going to be. And junior year, I was actually at a public school, so I say all this to say that it's so important to be organized, be mindful. Make sure that you know the pros and cons. Make sure you're prepared yourself. Okay. And be able to anticipate what's going to be asked or required. And also, if you have to throw in anything else, such as, I promise my grades will be this, or let's do a trial run, or something to that effect. When dealing with people with blind positivity and rose colored glasses, you can't just approach them with, a negativity, or you know, we need to change this because because then in their eyes, they're thinking that you're the negative one. Like you always see something wrong. or well, at least in the rose-colored glasses situation. Now, blind positivity, blind positivity is when they are just unrealistic. Like rose-colored glasses, they can see the negative. They just don't want to deal with it or think it'll go away. Blind positivity is when they see no negative. They don't see it. So when I just said that you have to be mindful of how you approach them because they may see you as complaining, you being negative. No, blind people with blind positivity, they don't see that at all. Okay, so we have to make sure that we understand one from the other. When you are dealing with these two types of mindsets, Try to get their feedback. Try to have them involved in it. You may find that very helpful. Yes, you've already done, you've already completed your, your background and your research, and you, you you have a great presentation of the pros and cons and all that that we've already talked about. But leave room, I always say leave room for grace leave room for input leave room for feedback leave room for collaboration they may want to just add something in there themselves that they see makes your idea even better or makes it to where they know it will get approved down the line because most of the time they're not the final say anyway so it's important to not just be so stuck on your idea but I'll always leave room for other ideas to be intertwined in that and that's what collaboration is lastly i will suggest speaking with others so 9 times out of 10 the person that the person that you're trying to get the okay from socializes with someone else or works closely with someone else, if you can get the other person on board, that may be for your benefit as well and for the company's benefit. Many times management doesn't want to take that step. They don't know how it's going to be accepted or they don't truly understand what you're communicating. So if it comes through from someone else, They'll be able to make a better judgment and to be able to implement what you're offering. So be mindful of that. Use all resources. And then, you know what? This isn't for everybody because a lot of people, from what I hear and from what I've seen, they'd rather just sit back and just do the work or Not challenge the status quo, or not provide any suggestions. They'd rather just sit there and just do it. And so we're then we're talking about something totally different. So after I've said all of this, it may not be for you if you're not a problem solver, right? If you're if you're just a yes man and you just want to clock in and go and be miserable while you're at work, then what I've said is not for you. Because I've always been the type of person, and this message is always for the people who are trying to improve the work culture, who are trying to make change, who want to see better days, who have great ideas and want to see them fulfilled, and that it's not just beneficial for them, but for everyone as a whole. So if this is not for you, I totally understand. But this is for people who don't mind standing up, who don't mind being challenged, who don't mind speaking up to management or finding other ways of doing things. And I'm not saying be combative. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just not the type of person, and I know I'm not the only one, but I'm just not the type of person who can just sit in my cube every day and do something that I know there's a better way of doing it, or that it just doesn't make sense, or identifying an issue that is going unresolved. Like you see the bubble, you see it getting bigger, you see it getting bigger, and management will not acknowledge it and attempt to resolve it. Right? A lot of people are quitters. They will just get up and quit, but that, that wasn't me. I've been asked before, like, you've been through all this stuff at work. Why, why didn't you just quit? That wasn't my path. Quitting was not the option. Did I think about it? Yes. But then I also thought like, why should I have to update my resume? I'm not the one doing anything wrong. Why should I have to go into these interviews? And the company is great. You know, if it's a, a situation where the company is great, why should I have to leave if this person is the issue? No, they're the ones that need to be thinking about leaving. And then if I did leave and someone else fulfilled that position, that issue is going to go on whether I'm there or not. That does not solve the problem. And so when you're a real problem solver, when you really want change, you're going to make sure that the person behind you isn't being affected. The incoming person won't have to deal with what you have to deal with. I don't mind changing it. I don't mind speaking up to it. I don't mind challenging it. I don't mind leading. I don't mind asking. I don't mind. It's for the greater good. Why not? But again, I know that this style of thinking is not for everyone. I know that everyone wasn't called to do this. I understand that if you're in a field where there's plenty of different positions available, yes, you could just pick up and leave and go. Yes, do you? So let's say, do you, boo? There are plenty other positions out there but guess what what happens is when you don't address your Goliath you're going to have to face that somewhere else. And so this is only one aspect of something that I had to I had to go through. I had I had bigger things but I had to keep in mind and I had to really think about okay is it worth pursuing? Before you take anybody's advice, before you take on challenging anything, you have to make sure that's the route you want to go through. Because we don't know the other perspective. We don't, we don't really know how they're going. Are they going to be offended with you? asking questions? Are they going to be offended with you making these suggestions? Are they going to be offended because you've came up with this great idea and their name isn't on it? No one knows the exact situation you're in. And you really won't know until you actually get into it. So you have to be prepared. Okay, is this the route I want to go? If you go and speak to their, their network or their coworker, another manager that they always go to lunch with, are they going to be offended that you went and spoke to someone else? It happens. Are they going to write you up for that? Are they going to send you to HR? Are they going to give you a negative remark on your performance evaluation? Are you ready for that? That's something that you have to really think about before you. This is like an everyday thing for employees. It's an everyday thing. How far do you want to go? Is this your path? What path are you choosing? Do you want to sit there and be miserable? And so whenever anyone approaches you with anything, you have this negative attitude. So now you're the pessimist that I was speaking to previously, speaking about previously. You want to just sit there and... Put in those eight, nine, 10-hour jobs, 10-hour work days, and then get in the car and be miserable or eat lunch in your car miserable. What we are doing with this podcast is trying to inspire all employees to improve their work environment, to improve the corporate culture. We're the ones that are impacted. It's us. We can't always expect change to come from the top. So what are you doing to improve your environment? What are you doing to make those eight to 10 hour days, if not more, positive? And what energy are you developing during those hours that you are bringing home to your family and to your children? So I'm just really just trying to get you to think and understand that, yes, you may be negative Nancy at work. You may be the pessimist because you refuse to get along with people, to communicate with people, to bring forth your ideas, you'd rather just deal with an issue and then complain about it later. So you have to choose which side you want to be on, and so for me, and for people like me, we like to just address the issue. Let's nip this in the bud. Let me tell you what I think. Is this a good time? Is now a good time? Because I don't want to sit there and be miserable. And please, negative Nancy, please don't come to me, right? Please don't come to me explaining your frustrations when. You're not doing anything about it. Don't come to me. All I'm trying to say is that blind positivity and rose colored glasses are real. There could be, there are worse mindsets out there to have. But with these two mindsets, it's very difficult to create change. And so, what I have provided with acknowledging and presentation, and timing, and um, collaborations, and feedback, and um, team input, these are all things to be able to make the solution come to life. Will it always happen? No, but there is an opportunity. And so... All that I've given you today are ways for you to think about different ways of approaching whoever it may be. You could be having problems at home and you can apply these same things. Timing. If you're trying to change something at home, you can't wait when they come in after work. They've probably been dealing with somebody like you all day. Now now you're considered a nag. Have you thought about both aspects? Yes, this is what you want, but have you thought about what they said and how they feel? This is how we get to solutions, solutions with souls in mind. Again, if this is your first time listening and you don't know the formula to recognizing a true solution, a solution with souls in mind, The elements are karma, intuition, and mindfulness. Karma. If what goes out comes back, treat people how you want to be treated. Use your intuition. It is your guide. It is your protection. It helps you with decision-making and mindfulness, showing empathy, extending grace, having open lines of communication. Those are the three elements, K-I-M. Karma, intuition, mindfulness. Those are the three elements for a true solution that is mutually beneficial. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the like button. Please follow and subscribe. Listen to last week's edition. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for letting me share. I hope you've learned something and are able to better apply it at work. I am Kim, the SNE. I am only speaking from my experiences. You all be blessed.